Let's talk about microdosing. You know that feeling when your body and mind are really at peace, like after a workout or a nice long shower, where you've relaxed, you're focused, and a little energized? It feels just right, like you're in the zone. Well, microdose can help you not only get into that zone easier, but stay there longer. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. I absolutely love how helpful these gummies are. For me, half a microdose gummy during the day helps me really stay centered and really fresh as I get everything done on my list. And they really help me relax in the evenings as well and just be present and in the moment instead of worrying about things from the day or what I have to do tomorrow. Get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com, promo code MinaAF. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com, promo code MinaAF for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com, promo code MinaAF. Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. I'm Mina Starziak-Hawk, and this is Mina AF, where I answer all of your questions and you can ask me anything. Can we talk about money? Can you still breastfeed with implants? You're both boss moms, and I'd love to know the story of how you met. Literally anything any of you want to hear. Listen as we build a community and get to know each other better. So my week has been super exciting, and I'm sure by the time this airs, it'll have settled and it'll all be okay and I'll be in the next phase, but we're in a way. And our current situation is, without getting too in the weeds, there are expectations of me that I cannot meet, and that's a problem. And I think something that's really nice about getting older, I'm way older than you, Megan. I'm, what, am I like 10 years older than you, Steph? I'm 38. I'm 32. I'm 24. Okay, so way older than you, Megan. (laughs) But I feel like as you get older, one of the things that's really nice, hence the name of my podcast, is I don't give a F anymore. And I'm not going to solve other people's problems, which involves figuring out what my problem bucket looks like in life versus what goes into someone else's bucket. And that is, honestly, it's changed dramatically since I've gotten older. I always say, like, my way of doing the buckets is I always go, like, Oh, that's not mine to hold. Yeah. That isn't like, even when people have like weird emotions, you know, hey, you know, I I really like your shoes or something. And then (laughs) someone is like, why did they say they like my shoes? Like, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm always like, okay, that's that's not mine to hold. Yes. That's that's your thing to hold. Like, I I assess the situation. Clearly, there's some insecurities going on with the shoes. I could do five episodes about the weirdness that is TV. But it's changed so much as I've learned more about it and gotten more confident in myself as an adult and as a human. But it's been an extremely stressful last, like, month. So I am leaving from this recording session to go lime wash a house, 
which for those of you who aren't familiar, it is taking a stone. I think you can lime wash a lot of things, but it's pretty much like whitewash and it's a house. We're doing it for the show, but we'll be doing the work off camera for the moment, which will potentially put another problem into someone else's bucket. So that was my low this week, but it's kind of been going on for a couple of weeks. And I think a lot of people, like one of the questions I get pretty regularly is how do you balance everything? My, my high every freaking day is my kids. Absolutely love my husband. It's just different with kids because they're like these amazing, pure little creatures. And my husband and I aren't. <laughs> you know, we're very flawed. And, you know, there's always some, you know, secondary meaning to whatever. And the kids are just amazing. And my high every day of every week is I have it on my calendar so production doesn't schedule me and I take Jack to school every day. We have a nanny. I could make her do it. But those like 25 minutes in the car are just the most epically amazing conversations and a gun could make for a whole bunch of episodes. But we had two conversations this week um, that were particularly interesting. And the way his brain darts around is crazy. So we're driving in the car and he says, is dad going to die soon? And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> how, how did we get here? But, you know, kind of talking back to the grief episode, like Steve talks to the kids a lot about Momo and Poppy and Steph. And you know, we attach a lot of grief to that. Jack doesn't yet, again, because he's like young and pure. But so then you go down the rabbit hole. No, daddy's not going to die till he's like a long time, till he's really old. When's daddy going to be old? You're going to be like married and have kids by the time daddy's old. And he was like, well, I don't want to get married. I'm like, oh, okay. No, you don't have to get married. And he was like, but I think maybe I want kids. I was like, okay, you don't have to get married to have kids. He was like, how do I have kids? Oh, geez. So I'm like, well, Mommy had you, like I, you were in my body, but you can also adopt kids. Look, don't, I just kept digging, you guys, and digging, and okay, well, you can adopt kids? Like, what does that mean? And so I'm explaining, and I, look, and then I go into, but you can also adopt dogs. <laughs> He's like, can you adopt fish? Can you adopt parrots? Can we get a parrot? Can there be a parrot in my house? I thought I wanted to live with you and daddy forever because he said he didn't want to get married and have kids and have his own house. He's like, but I've changed my mind. I want a house and I want you to build me a house because you build the best houses, mommy. And <laughs> then we start talking about what he would like his house to be with his children that he does not want to have a, a, to be married to have, all great things. And so now part of every day's conversation is passing houses saying, mommy, that one needs help. You can fix that one. Is that one going to be for me? I would like it painted like dinos. He was very specific. The yard transitioned from, we have a turf yard. It's fake. And he recently discovered worms at school, and now everything revolves around them. So he said, I would like real grass. I don't want fake grass. I want real grass with some mud so I can dig for worms. Actually, I don't want any grass. I want the whole outside to be dirt so I can have a home for all my worms. And the house is dinosaur green, and inside my bedroom is blue and pink and yellow. No clue why but went down this like massive rabbit hole and it's just the best. And I was sitting in the car crying as we're like pulling up to his school because he's just so pure and joyful and happy and telling mommy that she builds like the best houses and she's going to build the best house for him. And I'm like, I love you so much. The rest of my life is a mess, but my children, um, and I mean, Charlie's just I don't have those 20 minutes with her in the morning. Mine are usually in the evening with her, and she also says the wildest stuff. She's um, turned into a parrot. She is calling me Mina, which 
Rewind five years, we had a good friend whose daughter would call him Eric. And I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. She'd be like, Eric, can I please have some more chocolate milk? <laughs> I just die laughing every time. And he's like, stop calling me Eric. She's sitting in the back seat saying, Mina, 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 Mina. And I was like, what, Charlie? Can you please call me mommy? And she's like, Mina, and thinks it's so funny. And she says everything 50 times right now. So she's just, she's a gem. They're definitely, definitely this week have been my high. You know, other than that, it's, again, this will this will be, it'll be past the holiday season and the season of giving um, when this episode airs. But it's just, other than work being very stressful, such a fun time of year. Like we got our house decorated with our Christmas lights, which I'm not going to lie, I paid for this year. I'm also not going to lie, my husband tricked me. Big time, like big time, big time. So two or three summers ago, we had three dogs. We had my two dogs that Steve married into and we got Frank together. That's a lot of poop. And we have a front yard and a backyard, but we have a run on the side of the house that's got like poop turf down. And I wanted to hire someone to pooper scoop. And it took me no joke. I thought about this for a year because I'm like, I'm not going to be that kind of a-hole that pays someone else to pick up my dog's poop. And then I thought about it more and I'm like, okay, well, I'm stimulating the economy. That's tw- Okay, it's 20 minutes every three days, but that's 20 minutes that I could be spending with my family or doing something else productive. And I think most of our lives is measuring what we have more, like time or money. And which one brings us more happiness? So <laughs> this very long thought out decision results in me hiring this company for it's like 10 bucks a week to pooper scoop. And Steve is not having it. Absolutely not. He's like, we are not paying someone else to pick up our, literally someone else to pick up after our SHIT. And I'm like, but babe. And I go through the whole argument and I didn't make this decision, you know, flippantly and yada, yada, yada. Regardless, we cancel the poop picking up service. Um, We only have one dog, so it's slightly more manageable now, but leads me to the Christmas light situation. So he sees this ad, and it's 600 bucks to put the lights up on the outside of your house. My house is 35 feet tall. Ain't nobody got time for that. I've done it personally, me, the last couple of years, and my one tree, I have one tree in my yard. Um, It's a lovely little ginkgo. The lights have been on it for two years because I just didn't take them off. So he's like, it's 600 bucks. I'm like, fuck. 600 bucks, do it. Well, the ad was for $600 and the house on the ad was significantly smaller. And just last week, he takes a call on speakerphone and it's the people calling for the deposit, which was, I heard them say $1,000. And I was like, is that is that a um, 112% deposit, baby? I'm super confused. Why a deposit that would typically be 50% is $1,000. It's like, well... It's, you know, they're, they're a family-owned company and they're just starting up and they're trying to build a business and that was the advertising and the house was smaller and I'm stimulating the economy. I was like, okay, so it's your argument now, but then I, I don't care. That's fine. That's fine. That's entirely too much money. I'm going to figure this out for next year, but I'm not going to argue right now. So uh, he obviously either made a more convincing argument than I did or back to I don't GAF as much as he does. Uh, So all very exciting things. Warmer, sunnier days are calling and you can fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. 
Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. With delicious options from breakfast to dessert, you can stay fueled all day long with easy and nutritious options. Plus, with premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon, Factor meals are a real treat. I love the convenience and the variation of Factor's different meal preferences. Whether it's managing calories, maximizing protein, or avoiding meat, crush your goals this May with Factor. Head to factormeals.com slash MinaAF50 and use code MinaAF50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code MinaAF50 at factormeals.com slash MinaAF50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have different stressors, some big, some small, that we carry around and that really weigh us down. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to have a negative effect on us. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever it is that's weighing you down. For me, therapy has been so helpful, really learning those positive coping skills and to be the best version of myself. I know myself better and how to set the right boundaries that really work for me. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, then give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule, and it's entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MinaAF today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MinaAF. I want to touch base on one of the questions that was asked in the voicemail box from Melissa. Will you ever write a book about your life growing up until recent? I have thought for a long, long time about writing a book. And I have a lot of thoughts on it. And some of them are, I'm only 38. Like, how do I write a memoir? I have not lived even half my life. Also, I'm going to forget the first half if I don't start writing it down now. (laughs) Because my memory is terrible. And I think the most important part of like the internal conversation about writing a book is I think I could 100% do it in a way where it was, this is my truth. This is my experience. This is not that of the people I'm talking about in my family because everyone can like factually the same things happen and it can be a totally different story. And so figuring out a way to respect other people's privacy and other people's version of the story because of the platform I have, I'm I'm struggling with how do I share my truth without people taking it as the truth because that's super dangerous. You know, it's with with great power comes great responsibility. And while I have very little power, it feels like most days, I do have people that take everything I say as Bible, which is very dangerous. And my parents, my siblings, the other people that were, you know, important people in my development, 
aren't the people that they were when I went through those experiences, aren't the people they were 20 years ago, 10 years, or five years ago. So it's just super tricky figuring out a way to talk about very private things. Like my my dad is a different human than he was now, and he knows that. I mean, he's an orthopedic surgeon, and we've had conversations as I've gotten older of, you know, he had a God complex, and that makes a lot of things weird. But don't you kind of want your surgeon to have a God complex? Because they're they're going into your body and having enough confidence that they can do that, they can open you up, bring you back to life and keep you alive. You kind of want them to have that. So I think a lot of them do at a young age. Like I can do anything. I can do this. That bleeds into a lot of areas of their lives that you don't want people to have that complex. You know, my parents have both been divorced four times. Um, most of those divorces were extremely ugly, but I 1,000% have put a lot of memories that I'm sure were traumatic in a box somewhere in my brain, and I cannot access them. So even a lot of my things that are true to me now are little chunks of things I remember, as well as being told the stories about the things that happened. And then over, you know, the 38 years of my life, them becoming my story. So it's just really, really tough. And I think part of the thing that's going to be nice about having the podcast is to be able to talk about those things. And I want to be able to be open and honest about my experiences and the things that I've gone through that have shaped me, some for better, some for worse, in a really open and honest way without disrespecting the other people involved in the stories which is super tricky. So I 100% want to write something and I want to do it right and I want to have the right person in it with me and I haven't had time to figure out those things. So I haven't done it yet. Um, So Melissa also asked if I could talk about what it was like when Steve and I were just dating. And I really wish it was like the best meet cute story ever. We do, if you put it in a nutshell, I think it is. I was, uh, I think I was like 30. Again, I'm really bad at this and he's going to be super annoyed that I'm talking about this without him here because I always mess up the dates and times in the story. But Steve, if you're listening, this is my truth. You can't say it's not. But I had um, a mutual friend who went to a different school. I had met her, I don't know, through working in the restaurant industry, something. And my roommate at the time, she had set her up on a couple dates with friends. And I was like, look, Leanne, I all the guys I know I've either already dated or don't want to date, like, who you got for me? And she showed me a couple guys on, on Facebook because it was still, you know, Facebook was the big thing then. And she showed me Steve and he had like a plaid shirt and kind of a beard and was handsome. And I was like, yeah, that guy, like solely based on looks, that guy's my type. Great decision making, right? So there's all this back channeling that happens. We end up going to watch, it was Big Ten, Final Four, some big basketball game that Indy was hosting, went to a bar with like 20 people. And we both knew going into it that we were like, that we were going to meet, but like casually. And per my usual, I was wearing Uggs, yoga pants, and a hoodie. I think I had curled my hair, which is about as fancy as it gets. And this giant long table, I'm at one end. The table's pretty full. There's one chair next to me and like one or two chairs on the other end. And um, Steve walks in a little bit, a little bit like, you know, late, whatever. And does not sit next to me. He sits on the far end of the table. And the guy he walked in with sits next to me and proceeds to hit on me the whole game. And I know nothing about this friend, 
really nothing about Steve. All I know is I get a screenshot of a text from Steve to Leanne, the matchmaker. And the text says something to the effect of, you lied. Like, she's not hot. She's beautiful. So I know he thinks I'm hot or beautiful or whatever. And I'm like, well, why the hell is he not? Why is he sitting on the other end of the table not talking to me? So, okay, you know, game playing step one. And he likes to teeter back and forth between he was, you know, playing hard to get to he was um, intimidated. It depends on the day, depends on his mood, which which truth it is. So that, you know, we go to another bar, we chat a little bit, but, you know, still very little communication. I stayed up way past my bedtime. I think I was up till like two or three when the bars closed. I usually go to bed at like 9.30, but I'm like, this dude's, this dude's hot. I'm like, stay up a little late, see what happens. So I go home. I text my friend Leanne. I say, give me his number. And I text him. And he says, I used the P word. I don't even like saying it because the way it sounds, P-U-S-S-Y. It just, I don't know. I don't know why. I feel like as a woman, I should be able to embrace it and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sure people are going to have feelings about that. But I just don't like saying it. Um, he says I did, which I probably was drunk, so I might have. Said, okay, like, why were you being a huge P-U-S-S-Y, we're going to try this again tomorrow and you're going to take me out on a date or something aggressive to that effect. And he like literally laughed out loud and was like, okay, like this chick is ballsy or, you know, whatever, whatever he thought about me other than that I was beautiful. So then we, you know, went on a couple more like couple dates together, like casual, couple dates with friends, like after work, things like that. And it just kind of developed. Um, We had a point Again, this is not indicative of, you know, Steve's best qualities or or mine, but we had a point where we broke up for a while because we weren't on the same page. When we started dating, I was actually dating someone else. He was actually dating someone else. And this is the first time in my life I've ever tried to non-exclusively date someone because how do you do that? How does, A, how does anyone have enough time to non-exclusively date more than one human? It's very time-consuming. And I like my sleep. So just, but I was dating Steve. I was dating another guy, um, you know, casually. And none of that works. And so I got to the point where I told the other guy, like, you're lovely. And it's very possible I'm making the wrong choice. But I can't date two people at once. This is very confusing for me. I'm going to date Steve. Maybe I'll come crawling back in a few months. I don't know. (laughs) And I, I did not. We, you know, we continued dating after the the breakup and we both decided we wanted to just date each other. And then I think it was probably sometime in the next year after that that he moved in with me at my first house in Fountain Square. This is hilarious. This is why he doesn't want me to tell these stories without him because he told this story the other day and he said, it was really cute. Do you remember on the Valentine's Day before I moved in that March or April, what you gave me for Valentine's Day. And I was like, nope, no clue. Hate Valentine's Day. What'd I give you? He went to IU. I went to IU. I gave him a box with, and he opened it and it's an IU key. And he was like, oh, thank you. I, I love IU. Thanks for this IU branded key. And it was a key to my house saying you can move in. Literally no memory of that event. None at all. <laughs> um, he loves me for other things. I, apparently, I was very like sweet back in the day. He talks about how I you know I would make him breakfast tacos when he would stay the night, 
And I'm like, yeah, boo, that's that pre-marriage where we're like wooing each other and have all the time in the world life. Y'all, if anyone thinks it's the same after you get married, no matter how similar it might be, it's not the same. Like ain't nobody got time to make from scratch breakfast tacos. I'm talking about like I would like roast little baby cherry tomatoes and they would have like goat cheese and and I would sprinkle cilantro on them. Like we had we had breakfast tacos for like eight months of our relationship. I um, pre-cooked turkey bacon and it's in the fridge. That's what you got now. I wouldn't trade it for the world because, you know, we've got the kids and we've got our other life. He came from a very cute, tiny, quiet family. I came from a very large, very dysfunctional, very loud Polish Catholic family. We moved in and I told him he had to wait a certain amount of time to propose because he probably would have married me then. But again, you know, product of eight divorces. We have very different views on marriage. To me, it's a piece of paper. And to him, it is a, like, a, it's what it should be. It's like a life bond. It is thick or thin. And I'm like, I, I mean, thin, I'm out. So, you know, we got we got engaged. We were engaged for a year um, and then got married. And pretty quickly after that, just kind of started rocking and rolling into life. We came back from our honeymoon and um, had uh, custody of my niece for a year, who was Charlie's age at the time. She was two. So jumped right into parenthood in our life. So there wasn't a whole lot to the to the dating part. Oh, oh my God. I totally forgot. Like he wouldn't have sex with me. I remember him being like, I am so sorry. I, I highly doubt my parents are going to be listening to this. Um, I, my dad probably doesn't know what podcasts are and my mom wouldn't listen anyways. But anyone who cares, I am a prude. Um, I, in high school, I was what people would probably call a D-I-C-K-T's which really means I was just a makeout slut. Um, I'm sorry if you had different expectations. I was just trying to make out. But I could count on two hands how many people I've had sex with. So please don't take this for I've had sex with 5 million people, which also would be okay. You can have sex with many people as you want. But when we were dating, he it was like really important for him to like, I can't, I'll have to ask him like why he wanted to wait. I don't know if he was trying to be like respectful or something, but I'm like, we are good. But like, come on, let's rock and roll. We've been dating for a hot minute now. And I'm sure, again, the you know people with religious inclinations will have issues with the marriage before, marriage sex before marriage. But I also find that to be an, an important topic of conversation that a lot of people don't think about. Like, how important is sexual intimacy? How many times a week do you expect it? Because if you get married and then have wildly different expectations – you're all going to have some problems. But yeah, fun um, little part of our dating story that I totally forgot. I was trying to <laughs> convince him that we, 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 should, we should have sex. I'm sure he could tell you our first time. I can't remember. What I do remember, probably because it was scarring, is he, was, he lived in a small apartment. And it was a one-bedroom, his bathroom. I mean, it wasn't tiny, but one-bedroom, one-bathroom. And when – two things. When I would stay the night – because I didn't want him to, like, hear me pee, which is so absurd. I would, like, take toilet paper and kind of make a slide from, like, my pee to the toilet water. So the pee would stay on the paper till it hit the water so you wouldn't hear a splash, which is just so absurd considering, like, we have children together and the things we think are important when we're at that age. And then the other thing, the first night I stayed the night, I was showering – may not have been the first night, showering, I'm going to go to work. And I asked him if he had Q-tips so I could like dry my ears out. 
And he, A, first gave me the speech, like, you shouldn't put anything smaller than your elbow in your ear. My mom was a nurse. They're bad for you. So no, I don't have any. And I'm like, okay, could have gone without the lecture, but you don't have them? Cool. I'll use my finger and some toilet paper. And then he pops back in like two seconds later. He's like, no, I do have Q-tips. I bought them to clean my car. And I was like, oh, God. And to this day, his car looks like he has cleaned it with a Q-tip probably because he has. And and mine, uh, mine looks like Frank vomited in it because he probably did. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You guys have been leaving some really great questions in the mailbox, so we're going to answer a few of those right now. As a woman in a male-dominated industry, how did you build that confidence and security to not allow the perceptions of other men or the ogling of men on sites to affect your work and how you get shit done? (laughs) I did not, honestly, didn't really, my head's always in the sand. So existing in a male-dominated industry, I mean, I grew up with, I have five brothers And so I think I've always just operated like one of the boys. And it really wasn't until I had this kind of like spotlight and people started asking the question that I like pulled my head out of the sand and was like, oh gosh, people are kind of buttheads. And then once you're paying attention, it's really hard. It's really challenging because for women, we have this different expectation to be like kind and caring and patient and thoughtful. I'm none of those things. I can be if I really try. And men just have a different expectation. It's okay if they are direct and firm and, you know, know what they want. And I, I like one of the things that I frequently find myself saying to various people is like, I was nice. 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 And then I was a bitch. Like, why did you make me get to that? I feel like society has conditioned us to 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 that, to that nice, 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 okay, I have to completely lose my shit for anyone to listen to me, and then I look like an out-of-control, irrational woman who can't control her hormones. It's just this, like, catch-22, how do you, how do you get around it? And I think if anyone watched Risky Business, that is where I did, I shined the brightest getting around that, because I was dealing with some of the most misogynistic humans I've ever met in my life. And I was at a point where I had been going through um, what I like to call it, like she was like my business shrink. Um, but, you know, my therapist for – she was business consulting um, and really helped me feel confident in myself and a little bit more controlled in how I wanted to project myself, project my communication. So pretty much they're going to exist and be who they are, the a-hole people of the world. Um, the you know the men in in the industry that dominate it, and I just have to keep being me and be me in a firm and confident way. So yeah, you can say you've been doing this longer than I've been alive, and I can say I respect your experience. 
I would also like you to do X, Y, Z. And as long as they do it, that's that's fine. I can move past the stupid comment that wasn't unnecessary because that's what they've been conditioned their whole life to think. I'm not trying to change anyone at the ripe old age of 65 to think that, you know, he, you know, he he doesn't know more than me. He probably does. Whatever, it's fine. But I mean, it's it's a challenge on a daily basis. You have to think more about your actions being a female. Surround yourself with the right non-female counterparts. So everyone on my two chicks team. It's interesting. They all have very strong women. So like Danny is one of my project managers. He was raised by his mom and grandma. He his wife is the she cracks the whip. And Danny appreciates it, likes it and respects it. He's like, "No, y'all know what you're talking about. I don't tell me. Tell me the thing." When I was spending a lot more time like at the hardware store, Lowe's, Home Depot, Menards, I'm no Giselle Bunching or whatever that Victoria's Secret model's name is. But as far as who's rolling through the hardware store, I'm a nice, I'm a pleasant respite from the men with their butt cracks out. So, um, you know, I'll get noticed. And because I'm a pretty girl, like, yeah, give me more help. Carry my stuff out. That's great. If I'm going to have to deal with the crappy part of working in a man's world, you better bet your butt I'm going to capitalize on the benefits that it brings me. So that's just kind of what I do. And I I just kind of take it with a grain of salt. But you do have to have a thick skin and you have to be okay with that. Because if you're not, it's just... You're you're not going to be the one to break through the glass ceiling. It's going to shatter and like bludgeon you if if you're a a gentle fairy soul, which luckily I'm not. <laughs> um, so that's what it's like working in a male dominated industry, uh, getting bludgeoned by the, bl- the glass ceiling shattering down on you. Which leads to the next question about qualifications. I have zero qualifications to uh, when I started renovating homes other than just being a teachable human with like the capacity and the desire to learn. I literally bought construction for dummies. I read the instructions on the flooring when it was delivered. The first floor I ever installed was, you know, click lock bamboo flooring. I read the instructions on the nailer that installs the flooring. Um, I watched YouTube videos on how to install tile. Um, I do not I I have a general studies degree. Um, I have a business and sociology minor. So I went to college, so I'm teachable. Um, And I think really that was what served me the best is just, I don't think you necessarily need to go to college because you get a degree, but it's learning how to be a human in real life. Like pay your bills, manage money, those kind of things, compromise. Those things I think helped me develop the business. But qualification-wise, because I'm, I'm not a licensed general contractor, I'm not like technically a builder I'm kind of like a boutique designer. I sub things out. I hire general contractors. So I haven't gotten my GC license because I don't want to hold that liability. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Sorry if I was a little rambly, but don't forget to leave me a question. Please, I love to hear from you guys. There's a link in the show notes where you can do that. And please don't forget to subscribe. That is how we keep going. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast Storage Sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast Storage Sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.